Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. I know we're getting a little past time, and I, but we're all in the Lord's time anyways. That's so what I was sitting there, I was seeking His will. I said, Lord, if you don't want me to stand up, you just give me peace with sitting down. And I couldn't sit down. So you pray for us this morning. I know it's getting a little late, but I'll try not to be before you very long. But I just want to, hey, I don't want to take this home with me if the Lord don't want me to. So, uh, matter of fact, this has been a message that I've had for our church for about two months now. I've preached at a couple of different places, and every time I go to put my notes up or put them up in a different place or throw them away, the Lord says, hold on to that for a little bit. Just hold on to it. There's something else I need of that. And he showed me, and I, you know, I began seeking the Lord. I said, Lord, you just tell me what you want with it, where you want me to take it. And here I stand this morning. I've looked for every opportunity, and I've not had the opportunity to bring it yet because the Lord's just not seen fit to this, yet till this morning. And I believe that when Brother Tommy asked me to stand, to stand and preach for him this morning, this was the message that the Lord instantly put on my heart, and I've not been able to get away from it. I asked to just, you pray for us this morning. Whatever the Lord's will is here this morning, that's all we're desiring this morning. Uh, we're in very familiar scripture, chapter 11 of the book of Hebrews. And we'll start reading there in verse 1. And it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. For it, the elders obtained a good report through faith. We understand that the worlds were framed by the words of God, that so many things which were seen not were not seen, made of the things which do appear. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he beheld the dead, yet speaketh. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found because of God had translated him for that. Before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he cometh to God, must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Dear Lord, we come before you this morning. Dear Lord, Lord, we just ask your will for this service here this morning. Dear Lord, Lord, that you'll hide us behind the cross. Dear Lord, Lord, that you'll get us out of the way. Dear Lord, Lord, that we'll only do your will this morning. Dear Lord, Lord, that you're... You just come and dwell among your people this morning, dear Lord. Just help us, Lord. It's not about ourselves, Lord, but it's only about you here this morning, dear Lord. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for those things, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen. See, it says there in verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I can't see everything that's happened for me in my life. I can't see all the good things. I can't see... The day I can see the day that I got saved, but I can't physically see salvation. I can see the effects of it. I can see the change of the salvation in my life. I can see that, and I have to believe that. You know, by faith, I have to believe from the very beginning of the Bible in, first, in Genesis 1 where it says, In the beginning, God created in the heaven and the earth. I have to have faith in God that in the beginning, He actually did create the heaven and the earth. If I don't believe that, then I'm not going to believe anything in between this in between the middle part of the Bible. So I have to get founded on the very first of that and say, Lord, I believe that you created the heavens and the earth, that you created all this, that you created man, that you created the animals, the sea, that all those things I have to believe that you created. The definition of Webster says of a faith is complete trust or confidence in someone or something or a strong belief in a, good, in a, in a God or a doctrine of a religion based on spiritual apprehension rather than proof. 
See, I can't see everything that I believe in. I can't see all the goodness that God's done. I can see it with my physical eyes, but my I can see it spiritually, but I can't physically see everything that God's done. But I have to believe. I have to believe these men of God from back in the Bible. I have to believe the times that they went through. I have to believe the trials that they went through. Why? Because the Word of God tells me those things. The Word of God tells me that there's a faith that we must keep, the faith that we must have in order to please Him. It says there in verse 6, it says, But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and He is the order that diligently seek Him. Before we go any further this morning, I want to make sure that you know that you were given a measure of faith. Whether you're saved or whether you're lost, if you're lost this morning, you were given a measure of faith. And you can grow that this morning if, you're, if the Lord's showing you that you're lost. If the Lord's telling you that you need to come this morning, all you have to do is take that first step. That's your faith growing right there. If you'll take that first step, God will meet you at an altar. God will save you. He'll take you and put you in a different place. But you have to do the work to that. You can't just say, and again, I know we've heard it said, you don't have to be in a church building. You don't have to be here this morning. If you leave this morning and God's still dealing with your heart, He's still capable of saving you. But you first have to ask. You first have to come to Him. If He's drawing on your heart and telling you that you're lost, you must first come to Him and have that faith that knowing that He can save you. That's the only way that we can get saved is through the faith of God. We can't do it on our own works. Hey, I tried that myself. I tried many times before to live for God when I wasn't saved, when I thought of trying to convince myself that I truly was. It didn't work. I could live for God for a little while, but then it just fall right back away. I was back in the same shape that I was in. But the day that I got saved, He gave me faith to know that He could keep me. Just like we read there this morning in Psalms 139. No matter where I'm at, whether I lay my bed in heaven or whether I lay my bed in hell, God is with me. And I have to believe that as a child of God. I have to believe that His faith will carry me through all these troubles and all these trials. And I have to believe that He can take care of me through all these things. It says there in verse 7, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen, yet moved with fear, preparing an ark to save his house, by which he commanded the world and became heir of the righteousness by faith. See, Noah didn't know. They had never seen rain before falling from the sky. It always come up and watered the ground that way. It never come from the heavens. See, but God told Noah, said, hey, I need you to do something for me. I need you to go out and build an ark. And I need you to tell as many people as you can about who I am. Because there's a day coming when I'm going to destroy this. I'm going to wash it all away because I see the wickedness of mankind. I see those things taking place. And if Noah didn't have the faith in God, we may not very well be standing here this morning. This church house may very well not be full. Now, God may have found somebody else. But the Bible says that there was no other man perfect but Noah. Noah was a man after God's own heart. Noah was doing the things that pleased God. Nobody else was. But by Noah's faith and doing and you know people mocked him. You know people ridiculed him. People said, you're crazy. What are you talking about rain? What are you talking about falling from the heaven? We've never seen anything like that before. But God told Noah that it was coming. So Noah fearfully made the ark. I believe that with all my heart. I believe that Noah was afraid of the things to come. And he knew that if he didn't get on, if he didn't build that ark, that him and his family would all be lost. That him and his family would all be saved. Just like us here this morning. Hey, sometimes we've got to step out on faith because it affects not only us, but it also affects our family sometimes. You know, the, you, know you can read the statistics of how it is that, that if a man comes to salvation first, that it's like 93% chance that the rest of his family will come into the fold of God. And where you go on down and it dwindles down quite a bit, quite a bit lower if it's the wife. Even lower if it's just the kid. 
So it's our responsibility as men of God, as the household, as the head of the household, that we must seek God. We must live for God. We must do what He's bidden us to do. We must have faith that He can take us through all these troubles and through these trials. It says, By faith Abraham, when he is called to go out into a place in which he should not receive that inheritance, obeyed and went not knowing whether he went. He had no idea where he was going. No idea what was taking place in his life. Just like the day that you got saved. The day that I got saved. September 28, 2014. I took a step of faith and I had no idea where I was going. I had no idea where it was going to take me. I had no idea that almost eight years ago, yeah, almost eight years ago, that it would lead me to a pulpit. That it would lead me standing in front of a congregation of people telling them that you must have faith in God. I had no idea that it was going to take me on that journey. But I had to believe God. I had to have faith in Him knowing that I was, He was going to take care of me. Knowing that He was going to provide every need. See, just like He did there for Abraham, He said He sojourned in the land of promise in a strange country. Are we not in a strange country as Christians this evening, this morning? Everything going on around us, we, and we've come, we've come to this point, the point where we think it's okay to live this shape. We think that we're okay. Now God tells me that we need to separate ourselves from this world. That we're different. That we're seeking a different country than this world that you're seeking. We're seeking heavenly things. They're seeking worldly things. They're seeking things that, that mean nothing to us. But we as Christians, we ought to be seeking the kingdom of heaven. As we come in here this morning to worship, we ought to have come in here with one thing on our mind, was to worship God, was to seek Him, and that if there was some lost here this morning, that they may come to repentance and they may find out who God is this very hour. That should be our sole purpose. That should be our sole mission, is to worship God. Not just in the good times, but there's bad times as well that we've got to worship God. There's things that get hard in this life. There's things that get hard in this world that we must encounter, that we must face. We must not always know exactly how, our, how things are going to happen. You look, at, you look at the lives that we live here. There's nobody here this morning, I don't believe, that don't have a roof over their head. There's nobody here that don't have a vehicle. There's nobody here that don't have that didn't have transportation to get here some way, some some form. Everybody here's clothes and very nice clothes this morning. It looks like yeah. So so we've got more than we ever need. And sometimes we take that for granted. Sometimes we take that as hey, we've got more than we need. We don't need to worry about all these other things. God provides for us, and He does provide for us. But let Him strip some of those luxuries away from us. See what, where we're at. See if it hits home with us then. Let Him take our house. Let Him take our car. Let Him take our job. Let us lose a loved one. Let us lose... See where our faith is in God. Then The same God, we should still have the same amount of faith in Him no matter what the trouble, no matter what the trial. But how often do we get in that shape? How often do I get in that shape of saying, Lord, things just ain't going my way. Lord, I don't know how I'm going to make it. Things ain't going my way. And I overlook all the blessings and all the good things that He's done for me and my wife. And I start dwelling on the bad. I start dwelling on the negative. You know, you can go back and you can read through the book of Acts. Those men were called to a mission. Those men went out to serve God. Those men went out to do exactly what God wanted them to do. They left their families. They left their friends. They left everything behind and went to follow God. Do we do that? And I'm not telling you here this morning that you've got to pack up and move. I'm not telling you that you've got to throw your house, let your house go and quit your job. That's not what I'm telling you this morning. I'm telling you that we've got to seek God's will for our life. Because, hey, church, look around us. Things are getting hard. Things are going to get even harder as we go forward. You can say, well, I don't believe that. 
But you just take a past look in the past two years of how the church age has been affected, how the church world has been affected, how Christianity has been affected, and you can see that it's dwindling down, dwindling down more and more. But that didn't stop them. It didn't stop them when the Pharisees and Sadducees come at them and said, Hey, what are you doing? You go out, you can teach on anything under the sun, but you do not mention the name of Jesus. How many of us today have listened to those Pharisees and Sadducees and said, Hey, you can do all you want, just don't mention Jesus. That's why we're in the shape that we're in today is because those men back in those days were bold. They didn't care to step on people's toes. They didn't tell them to, to preach what God had told them. They didn't care to tell them that you must be born again in order to get to heaven. They didn't care to do that. We've got soft in that. We've got soft in that sense. But if we have the faith that God's going to take care of us just like He did for Abraham there. Abraham just went on the journey. God said, I need you to go, so Go. He didn't tell him where he was going. He didn't tell him what the end result was ultimately going to be. He said, I need you to go for me. Maybe he's telling you this morning that he needs you to go for him. Hey, maybe it's me. Maybe the Lord's saying, well, I need you to go for me. Harder and better than you've ever went before. If that's the case, Lord, I want that. Lord, I want to go for you. Lord, I want to... No, don't get me wrong here. I don't want to. None of us want the troubles and want the trials in our life or want the the persecution. But Lord, if that's what you want for my life, if that's how you want to grow me, if that's how you want to put me in your fault, if that's how you want to use me, let it come at me. How often do we say that? Not very often because it's not comfortable. It's not comfortable to welcome troubles and welcome trials and welcome tribulation. You know, we can look at and again we can hear all the stories. The people have mentioned this morning, people have laid burdens down on the altar. People are coming to God and seeking help. Why? Because they had faith that there was one that could help them. There's one that can help me. I mentioned it this morning. My wife can't always help me. My kids can't always help me. My father-in-law can't always help me. The church can't always help me. My pastor can't always help me. But God can always help me. God can always take me out of the state that I'm in. And He can always put me where He wants me. He can always do that if I will have the faith enough in Him to believe that He can do those things. He said through, in verse 11, Through faith Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even one of them as good as dead. So many of the stars of the sky and the multitude and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. God can do the impossible. Just because she was past childbearing, God said, hey, that don't mean nothing to me. Just because you were a drunk just because you were a whoremonger, just because you used to live for the world, that don't mean nothing to me. Right. I can take you out of that and I can put you in a different fold. I can give you a better life. So I don't believe that. I don't believe He can do that for me. I am living proof that God can take you out of the pits of hell and He can put you on a solid foundation that He can save your soul and He can put you on a different path. He can do that because I stand before you this morning. I was that person. I was that lost person that seeked the world, that wanted everything that the world had to offer. And I thought that I had it. I chased everything. And it, it made me happy for a little while. It made me content. It gave me exactly what I wanted. It gave me the peace that I need for a little while. But then after a little while, it faded fade away. 
And I had to start searching for something else. I had to start searching for a different high or a different thing to get me to where I needed to be. Till I found God, there was nothing able to complete the, the, the missing part inside of me. And I'm thankful that He gave me that. I'm thankful that He chose me out of the life. But do I deserve to be standing here before you know, telling you about faith in God? No, I sure do not. I am unworthy as anybody in here. I'm like Paul. I'm the chief of all sinners. I mess up every single day. But I believe that my God is able to forgive me of those things. That my God's able to keep me in His fold. That my God's able to help me in the time of trouble. Verse 13 says, And these all died in faith, not, have not, yet, not having received the promises, but have seen them afar off and were persecuted of them and were embraced of them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on that earth. See, they hadn't seen what was going on. They hadn't even seen Jesus yet. They, hadn't knew, they didn't know everything that was coming down the pipe. But they still believed. They didn't have everything that we had today. They didn't have the, the luxuries that we have today. They didn't have the church services that we have today. We didn't have, they didn't have the church buildings. They had to worship God out on the road, just wherever they needed to be. They didn't have all those things back then. Now, don't get me wrong. There was a temple that they come to worship God in. But they didn't have these big luxurious things that we got today that we can't even fill up anymore. But they believed that because God told them, hey... I'm coming for you one day. There's a land of promise that I'm going to give you. Just like we as Christians, there's a land. The day that I got saved, the day that I was born again, He promised me a better land. And I am seeking that city this morning. Whether I make it through this day or whether I don't, there's a place where I'm going. That if you're saved, I'll see you again someday. I can promise you standing here this morning saying that if you're my brother in Christ or you're my sister in Christ, if I don't make it out them doors, if I don't make it home this evening, I will see you again. Why? Because God told me, He promised me a city. He promised me a place that if I'd live for Him, that He'd take care of me. See, these all died in faith. For they say that such things declare plainly as they seek a country. And if they had been in a mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have received the opportunity and returned. But now they desire a better country that is a heavenly, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He hath prepared for them a city. By faith, when Abraham was tried, offered up Isaac, they received the promise, promises offered up as his only begotten son. See, so here's twice already that Abraham's done been tested, that Abraham's faith's done been put to the test. He said, Abraham, I need you to go, and I'll take care of you. So Abraham went. He had the faith to go. But then he said, Abraham, I need a little bit more of you. I need you to take your son, your only son, the one that I promised you that you would have, and I need you to lay him down as a sacrifice for me. How many, I'll be honest standing before you this morning. If the Lord spoke to me and said, Hey, I need you to take that little blonde-headed girl, that little brown-headed girl, black-headed girl, and lay him on an altar... And give them to me and sacrifice them. I couldn't do it. You say, well then your faith's not as strong. It's not. I'll be honest with you. My faith probably ain't as strong as Abraham's. Because I'd have a hard time with that. Now don't get me wrong. I'm not telling you to go home and try to sacrifice your kids. That's not what I'm getting at here this morning. But I'm saying that Abraham was obedient unto that. But would we be? Honestly, would we? 
we be faithful enough to find, the, find favor in God that we would stand and bring our children to an altar to be persecuted, to be sacrificed? No. Should we? Very much so. Of whom it was said that Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence he also received him in a figure. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning the things to come. By faith, when Jacob was dying, he blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshipped, winning upon the top of his staff. And I'm not going to go into all those stories because you know those stories. Those are biblical stories that were taught when we were kids. Verse 22 says, By faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave the commandment concerning his bones. Joseph, even dying, had the faith that God Ain't that comforting to think of here this morning that even on your deathbed, even when you're bound to die, even when your wife is slipping away from you, you can have faith in God that there's a better country that He's taking you to. That there's a place that He's he's calling you to go. He'll take care of you even in your weakest time. Even in your death, He will take care of you. Verse 23 says, By faith Moses, when he was born, hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, when Moses was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. He chose to live the life, he chose to leave the life of luxury. And go into a land of heartaches, a land of troubles, a land of trials, a land of things not probably not know. Well, you can read. They didn't know where their next meals were coming from. They didn't know where they were going to get water. See, he left all of that behind because he knew that there was a greater purpose before him. God had told him there is a greater purpose for you than you to be living in luxury and living in luxury, and all these things be presented to you and give just given to you. It says by faith. By choosing rather to suffer the affliction with people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater than the riches and the treasures of Egypt, for he had respect unto them the recompense of reward. Are you willing to lay down your luxuries? Are we willing to lay again? And I'm not telling you that you have to do those things. I'm not telling you that. That you have to go out here and give everything up? That's not what I'm telling you this morning. But I'm asking you, would you be willing to if God said, I need you to give it up? If God spoke to you this morning and said, hey, that job that you're working, that's keeping you out of my house, that's kindling your walk with me, are you willing to give it up? Would we? Hey, all that money you've got in your bank account that's saved up, take it and give it to the homeless. Take it up there to the rescue ministries and give it to them. Would we be willing to do that this morning? If God told us to do those things? Probably not. It would be a fight for myself. I know that. Because we look at that and say, Oh, well, Lord, I need this to take care of mine. I need this to take care of my family, of my needs, of my wants. Those that follow God give up everything. Everything to follow Him. No matter what it was, if God said, hey, let it go, they let it go. That hits home. Whether it does to anybody else or not, but that hits home to me. Because I'm not always willing to give up what God says to give up. I'm not always willing to live. I'm not always willing to give 
everything that I need to give for God. Why? Because I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable in the state that I'm in. You think God wants His people to always be comfortable? To always be content? To always know? I was telling them in Sunday school this morning, I've been watching that show Chosen. Those men give up everything and follow God. They left their wives. They left their kids. They left everything behind. Didn't say, God, wait, let me go get this. Let me go get my... Go take care of this first. When Jesus said, follow me, they followed him. They didn't worry about everything else in the world. Hey, I do that. God says, hey, I need you to go here and preach the message. Well, Lord, they ain't called me. I ain't going to go. Lord says, I need you to stand up and sing a song this morning. Lord, that didn't nobody ask me to. I ain't going to do it. Lord, Lord says, I need you to testify some, about something this morning that's went on in your life, a trouble, a trial that God's brought you through. I ain't going to do it. You think that pleases God for us to be comfortable and not be willing to step out on a limb and do something for Him? Every day we must get uncomfortable for God. Every day, if, we can, if we're staying comfortable, then I don't believe God's using us the way that He sees fit for us to be used. Because I can go back through the Bible and I can read story after story, chapter after chapter of men and women persecuted, beaten, spit on, mocked for standing for God. We don't face any of that in this country that we live in today. But when it starts coming, because I believe that we're headed that way, I believe that with all my heart, I believe we're headed that way. But are you going to be willing to stand then? Do you have enough God about you to be willing to stand in that day when that day comes? When God says, hey, I need you to face death head on. I need you to look at the man that's telling you he's going to take your life if you keep on claiming Jesus Christ. He says, all you've got to do is denounce Jesus and you'll live. What are we willing to do there? The easy thing is to say, yeah, I don't know who God, I I won't claim him, I won't do any of those things. And you'll live. But your spirit will die. Not that you're going to die and go to... Don't get me wrong there. I'm not saying that you're going to die and go to hell. If you're lost, you will. But if you've been saved, no matter what you do, you can't be plucked out of the hands of God. But if He's requiring you to stand in the time of trouble, you better stand. He's able to deliver you in those times of trouble. You can, again, you can read throughout the Bible. You can read to David. You can read to the three Hebrew children who said, Hey, we will not bow down to the image of Baal. We will not bow down to images of the, all these things that are going on around us. We will not let those things come before us, before you, God. And they were supposed to die. Every one of them were supposed to die. Daniel was supposed to die. They threw him in a den of wines and said, Hey, he ain't going to be no more. They threw the three Hebrew children in the fire and said, hey, that'll burn them up. It even slew the men and threw them in there. But they didn't even die. So that tells me that if God's requiring me to stand in the face of death, that He's able, He may not deliver me. He may very well take me out. But if He wants me to stand, He wants me to keep going, He is able to keep me from death. He's able to keep me from the enemy. He's able to keep me from those things that try to take my very life. But I must be willing to stand for those things. It says, By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing them who is invisible. 
Through faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, lest he destroyed the firstborn and should touch them. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, with the Egyptians the same two that were drowned. He parted the Red Sea for them to come, to cross over. Again, there's another one. They were facing death head on. Pharaoh said, yeah, you get them and you get out of here. But then he thought better of it. He said, yeah, I need them. I want them back. Go get them. Go get them and bring them back here. Well, they come to a sea. How often times do we come to a sea in our life looking at it and thinking, God, there's no way I can cross that. There's no way I can get over this trouble. There's no way I can get over this trial you've put before me. There's no possible way that I can make it. And how many times has God made a way? How many times in my life has God parted that Red Sea and let me walk through on dry ground? Let me walk through and the enemy be chasing behind me. Can't catch me, but he's after me. But God made a way for them to get out. And I believe God's making a way for you to get out this morning. Maybe there's something in your life that you need help with. Maybe there's something in life. Maybe you're struggling with salvation. Maybe you're struggling financially. Maybe you're struggling in a marital problem. Maybe you're struggling in all these other different... Maybe you're struggling at work. Maybe you're struggling at church. God's making a way for you to get out this morning. You've got to be willing to take that step and get out. You ain't going to get out sitting in your pew. You ain't going to get out not doing what God's asking you to do. You'll stay in the same shape that you're in. But if you'll take that step of faith, just one step... That's all it took me the day that I got saved was one step. I believe before I, I believe the day that I stood up and started to the altar that He saved me before I even got to the altar. I believe that. It says, By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. And what shall I say more? Would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and of Samson and Jephthah and of David and Samuel and all of the prophets who through faith and there that, is, there that word again is, through faith, they subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of wines, quenched the violence of fires, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in the fight, turned to fight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead to raise the life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had a trial of cure mockings and scornings, yet moreover the bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned and were thrown and were sawn asunder and were tempted and were slain with the sword. And they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being desolate, afflicted, and tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and in the caves of the earth. And all these things having retained a report of faith, of report through faith, received not the promised. God having provided some better thing for us that they without us should not be made perfect. God don't tell you it's going to be easy. There's work that you have to go in, that you have to involve yourself in. In verse 30, I actually accidentally skipped over that one. It says, By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. See, but there was requirements to that right there, though. There was work that had to be done before those walls would fall down. God didn't just say, Hey, you go to Jericho and I'll give you Jericho. He said, you go and you walk around that city for seven days. On the seventh day, you walk around seven times and blow the trumpet. 
See, there was requirements that he asked of those people. But in order, if they'd have just walked around the first day and blew that trumpet, it wouldn't have failed. That enemy would have still been there. They wouldn't have been able to overcome that because they didn't obey it the way God said to do it. We as Christians have to do the work that God says to do. We may not see the effects of the things that we do. But then again, we might. Wouldn't it be something to be sitting in a service and see the walls of somebody's heart be broke down? Because of your obedience to God, because of your willingness to do what God is asking you to do through faith. Wouldn't it be great to see somebody's walls around their heart be broke down and God move in and save them? See, but if we don't stand, if we don't preach the Word of God, if we don't sing the songs of God, if we don't testify, there ain't nobody going to hear about it. There ain't nobody going to hear about the goodness of God if we're not willing to stand and tell people about it. Hey, it's not just the preacher's job. It's the church's job. It's the Christian's job. If you are a born-again believer of God, it is your job to tell the world about Jesus Christ. He said, go tell them about me. Go tell them about me. Do we do that enough? Hey, I'll be the first to tell you I don't. I don't put in the work a lot of times. A lot of times I just want to see the rewards. A lot of times I just want to see Jericho fall down. Just because I'm, I may read my Bible a day or two, or I may study a passage, or I may stand up and preach a message, I expect God to just give me everything that I want. Don't always work that way. It don't always happen that way. God will provide the needs. God will take care of us. God will, if we believe in Him and believe that, have the faith in Him required, we'll see those things happen. We'll see walls broke down. We'll see families saved. We'll see people reunited. We'll see church get back to the way church used to be. You say, well, what do you mean? Through faith, if we'll go out and tell the world about Him, He tells us, He says, go out to the highways and hedges. Compel those that are lost. Tell them to come in. Don't just tell them, compel them. Do everything within your power to get them to come to God's house. Sometimes we can't do nothing but invite them. Sometimes we can't do nothing but love them. But whatever God's asking you to do, do it with all of your heart, with all of your might, because He did everything for you. He gave His life for you, that you may be able to sit here in this congregation this morning, that you may be able, if you're lost here this morning, to have that opportunity to be born again. That if you need help this morning, He's given you that opportunity to get help. But you have to take that step of faith to say, God, I'm willing to receive the help. I'm willing to receive the things that's coming my way. Hey, but also you've got to be willing to say, Lord, I'm willing to accept the troubles. I'm willing to accept the trials. I'm willing to accept the heartaches that come my way. And I know you say, well, you're trying to draw people to to God. Why are you telling them about the troubles and the heartaches and the hard times that are coming? Because that's that's what we can expect. That's what I read in the Bible. That's what I read from the Genesis all the way to the back of the book to Revelation. There's troubles, there's hard times that Christian people are going to face. But through all of that, God is faithful and able to deliver us. Whether He wants to keep us till the end of time, whether He wants to keep me here today till He comes back in the rapture, or whether He wants to take me out of here. That's His work. That's His will. He knows what He's doing. You can look again throughout the whole Bible. You look at Job. 
Job's faith was tested. He was found faithful. The three Hebrew children, we mentioned them. God said, you stand for me and I'll take care of you. They were delivered out of the fiery furnace. Think of John the Baptist. That's when it didn't quite make it through. He went in and told them, hey, who exactly they were and what their sin was and it cost him his life. But do you think because he went and did that that God was any less proud of him? No. Just because it required his life, God didn't reward him more or reward him less. That's what he required of John. He required John's life. He required John to be willing to lay it all down for him. Maybe there will come a day where I will be required to lay it all down for him. I want to be found faithful. And I don't know that for sure. I can't tell you 100% this morning standing here that if somebody walked in the door and said you denounce Jesus and die and live or you, you claim him and live, I would like to think that there's enough God about me that I would say go ahead. But till we're faced in that situation, we can all say that we would do that. But would we really? Just be honest about it. But he was. He was able to look death in the face and say, I don't care what you do to me. There is one coming that is greater than I. There is one that will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. That you must be born again before you can get to heaven. He was willing to stand and tell that. We read of a woman with an issue of blood. that said, if I can just get to him. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. She had faith enough to know that all she had to do was to get to God, to get to Jesus that day, and just touch the hem of his garment. And we read she was made whole. Her faith made her whole. Again, we read of blind Bartimaeus. He heard Jesus was coming, so he was hollering, Hey, Jesus, I need help. I need you to help me. And what did the crowd do? The crowd tried to silence him and say, Hey, let him go on. He's got more important things to do than to worry about you. That just made him get even louder, I believe. And ultimately, his faith allowed him to receive his sight. There's too many to go into to tell you of all the people that had faith in God that were able to overcome the obstacles that were set before them because they had enough faith to believe God could deliver them. There's a song uh, that the Lindsay's sang. There's never a time that God's not been faithful. Never a time His mercies weren't true. Never a time. Think of that. Never a time has there been where He wasn't able to deliver. Never a time is there that He can't help you in your life. I don't know the need here this morning. I just know that God sent this to me and there was no way that I could take it back with me. So through faith, I had to stand this morning knowing that it would have been easy to sit there because we were having a good service. Things were moving the way that God intended for them to move and I believe that. But I also believe that God had a message that needed to be sent this morning. So Gavin, if you'll come and get a song, I'll ask you this morning, are you willing to take that step of faith? Whether again, whether it's salvation, 
whether it's financial aid, whether it's help, or whether it's marital or whatever it is, are you willing to take that step this morning and do what God's asking you to do? If you're not, it ain't His fault. It ain't God's fault that you ain't receiving the help this morning that you so desperately need. Hey, and I've been in that shape. I've been that person that's sat in the church pew and said, Lord, I don't, I ain't getting up in front of anybody. You ain't going to make me move. And I, he didn't. I sat there. But then I was miserable. I didn't get the help that I required. I didn't get the help that I so needed. But I've also been on the other side when God said, Hey, won't you just go up there and pray a minute? And it's brought peace to my life. It's brought joy. It's even fixed problems that I went and prayed about. Would you believe that? It's fixed the things that I needed help with by taking that step of faith. I told you, September 28, 2014, I was sitting about three or four rows back of the church. And the Lord had been, He'd already moved in my life, in my life, and showed me that I was lost. He showed me that on August 30th, 2014. You say, well, it took you that long to realize that you were lost? Now, I had an idea before that, and I knew that I was lost before that time. But it got really real on August 30th, 2014. You say, you remember the day? Yeah, because I turned him away that day. I turned him away and didn't run to the very thing that could save my soul that day. And I went home, and I didn't come back to church for over a month. And the only reason I come back then, as I told you last week, is my best friend was getting baptized. That's the only reason I was there. But God's mercies were still there. He still said, hey, you got another shot at me. I'm willing to give you one more opportunity for you to come to me. By the grace of God, I was able that day to be saved. I was able to give it to Him. I was able for my whole life to be changed. See, so I've lived both sides of that. I've lived where I didn't come when God was asking me to come. And there were some tough times in that month that I faced. There were some times that I had such a panic attack that I woke up on my I woke up and I thought, this is it. This is it. I missed my opportunity. I'm dying and I'm going to hell. My speech was gone. My hands were numb. There was nothing that I could do. Nothing that I could do. And I knew that very instant that if I died in that shape that I was in that day, that I would have lifted my eyes in hell. I knew that. But again, God give me one more opportunity. And I believe that was my last one. I believe that with all my heart. I believe that was my last opportunity. Maybe you've had multiple opportunities this morning. Maybe this is your last opportunity. Or maybe this is your first opportunity. Either way, don't turn it down. Your faith can grow this morning by taking that first step if you're lost. He can give you that promise of eternal life. He can give that to you this morning. But you have to want it. And you have to take it. He ain't going to come to you where you're at and say, well, this is all you have to do. And again, don't misunderstand me. We could leave here today and if God's still dealing on your heart, maybe you pull over on the side of the road. Maybe you get home and eat dinner. And He shows you that you're still lost. You can get it fixed then. But what if... What if this is the last opportunity? What if he's saying, right now, I need you to come? Right now is it. That's the deadline. That's the cutoff. And it don't just have to be for salvation. I believe that, and I believe that there's needs. 
People have needs all the time. I have needs. Maybe you just have a need that needs to be met this morning. Maybe you just need to be encouraged a little bit. Maybe you just need help along this journey. Maybe you just need your faith to increase and say, Lord, I want to be willing to stand when the world comes at me. If you'll come, God will give you. God will help you with that this morning.